Sister Mary, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Brian. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. Uh, any New Year's resolutions? Well, I'm going to follow the CHA and say it's a renew year. Um, January comes around every year, and it's the same thing, the call towards health and happiness. So that's my motto. Yeah, and just to make a quick plug for that uh, program, really it's about not so much the diet and exercise, which is what I typically try to do every year after (laughs) eating a bunch of stuff over the holidays, try to recalibrate the diet. But this is really about the connection we have with one another and really focusing on what's important. Right. And speaking of focus, uh, the topic for this episode is really uh, a vision for Catholic healthcare. We're going to talk more about that. So you ready to start? I'm excited to talk about it. Let's do it. This is Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. I'm your host, Brian Reardon, and in this episode, I am delighted to have joining me two really important people at CHA, Sister Mary Haddad. She is president and CEO of CHA. Thanks for being with us, Sister Mary. Thank you. And joining us in just a moment will be Laura Kaiser. She is president and CEO of SSM Health, and she serves as the chairperson of the board of the Catholic Health Association, and we'll get to Laura in just a moment. So, Sister Mary, uh, CHA's mission statement is to advance the Catholic Health Ministry of the United States in caring for people and communities. And that mission statement is tightly connected to the association's core values of integrity, respect, excellence, and stewardship. So I guess my first question for you is, how does a vision statement play into the mission statement and our values? Well, you know, Brian, I think we are um, always just so um, um, inspired by our mission. And I think it's important because the mission is really about telling the purpose of the organization, why we exist. And our values, they um, are characteristics. They are aspirational behavioral goals, if you will. It's how we want to act, you know, how we want to do this. And I think that they both set the stage for um, uh, how do we want to articulate a future for us. They're foundational, both mission and the vision statement, and they really are um, also the two things that really impel us to act. And I think for us, it's to be able to articulate very clearly what do we want to achieve, What are we looking to do? And that is the whole purpose of moving into this visioning process to articulate that for these times for us as a Catholic health ministry. And I know every year, and I would say kind of on a three-year cycle, we've been doing strategic planning. And we were getting ready to update our three-year strategic plan. Uh, This would normally be the time where, again, we'd have board meetings, we'd be doing a lot of environmental scans and what have you. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, because I think we were getting ready to update the current plan. And then um, we decided, wait a second, we we need to take a step back, particularly with everything going on in the world and, and the challenges facing healthcare. Can you provide a little bit of context about why now for a vision statement for CHA? Well, I think it was at a very similar stage we were in three years ago when we started the um, strategic planning process then. We had just started COVID. And the board said, we need to put a pause on developing a plan and see what's unfolding. So we're being responsive to the need of the time. And we know that this global pandemic has had a dramatic impact on our communities throughout our country and throughout the world. And really, COVID has dominated the healthcare industry. Um, It's revealed long-term deficits in our care, in our delivery systems. And so I think the, the board in their wisdom recognized that 
this was the time. This you know, pandemic really thrust us into a new reality. And we had to um, really be clear about what will be our response. What is this bold action that's going to move us into the future? And what is the significant role that CHA will play in helping our members do that? So that's what really brought us to this moment. Well, speaking of the board, we are honored to have the board chair with us via Zoom. Uh, again, at Laura Kaiser. She is president and CEO of SSM Health uh, and is chairing the board. Laura, great to have you with us. I'm delighted to be here with both of you. Thank you. So you just heard uh, Sister Mary provide a little bit of context, but I'd, I'd like to hear from you as, as board chair, you know, what, what prompted you to, to call on us and call on your fellow board members to say, hey, it's time we develop a vision statement? Well, this is really shared work. Sister Mary has already described well where we were. And as she and I, as I stepped into the chair role this uh, this cycle, she and I were talking about the updating of the strategic plan. And as she described, the vision statement, the mission statement, the values, and the strategic plan are all joined together. And we needed to have a vision statement that would be aspirational, clear, relevant, measurable, distinctly ours and what the role of the association is in best being positioned to serve uh, the health systems that comprise it and all of the people that are counting on all of us to collectively do so. And so it just seemed like the right place to start in that process. And so we're leaning into that heavily. And we are facing, uh, I think, unprecedented, challenging times. Uh, we don't need to go through all of the, the the various headwinds facing us, but obviously financial pressures. Sister Mary touched on COVID. Uh, and then there's a lot of societal things, too, happening about, you know, related to uh, a distrust in science, et cetera, et cetera. So with all the challenges we're facing, um, how do you think that's going to affect the thinking that goes into developing this vision statement? So from my perspective, when I think about where we are in the healthcare industry at this moment, um, many of us have been part of the healthcare industry for many, many years. And for me, I truly believe that we're at an inflection point where we have to think differently and deliver differently in how do we best serve and meet the needs of the people who are counting on us. And so I think it requires different thinking, different creativity, different kinds of transformation. And so this is about how do we ensure that we have a vibrant Catholic ministry that's not just surviving, but rather thriving. And in order to do that, you have to have a good vision of what's your aspiration. We already have our why. We already know how we want to behave together to deliver those two. But there just needs to be that that signpost out directionally that we can aspire toward. And in some of the conversations that have already happened at the board level, there's been a lot of discussion about being bold, being brave. Um, how big of a, a factor do you think that is? So I, as you mentioned, I am part of the SSM health team and our uh, founders, is, the Franciscan Sisters of Mary had a phrase that the Mother Superior had mentioned early a hundred plus years ago of continuing courageously. So this is not a new idea to be bold and courageous, but it is a call again to sort of triple down more than ever to be bold and courageous because transformation requires significant change and building on the foundation that is here, but being creative and really driving redesign of this health system in our country. And because Catholic healthcare is such a large part of the overall U.S. healthcare system, the Catholic Health Association plays a key role in that. So we need to be bold and courageous ever more so. Yeah. And that 
comment just made me think, and I want to bring Sister Mary in on this as well, is that when we think back to the founding of Catholic healthcare systems that exist today, 150 or so years ago, again, we had religious women, many times coming over from Europe, that didn't speak the language, that had to have courage, that had to be brave, but they didn't come over with a strategic plan in their back pocket. They didn't have a vision statement developed. Maybe they had one, you know, that they thought about, but it, they didn't have the formal processes we have today. So how important is it that we, and I'll, I'll start with Sister Mary on this question, that we, again, remember that we're rooted in a rich heritage and history of bold and courageous founders. Yeah. You know, without question, they had faith. Right. So it was a bigger calling. And so that is what really grounded them, motivated them and inspired them. And it's also, I think, important to recognize that um, in I know with the Sisters of Mercy, with my order, within our constitutions, there's a line in there that says we will respond to the needs of the day. And I know that about many orders have that in their constitutions, which actually guide their work. And I think that's what the sisters did. They were never complacent. They never got to a point and said, we're going to create a school and, and offer education to this community or do a, a health care ministry here. They were always looking for the next based on the evolving need of the community. And I think that's what causes us to, to enter into these processes periodically so we too can um, basically be responding to the current reality and the need of our communities. So we have to be bold in order to do that. I just think that was really beautifully said, and it makes me think of um, the idea of new and transformative ways. And I said, I've said this in a few different uh, conversations about a lot of the care delivery that so many of us know so well around acute care if I think back even three decades, uh, much less 100 plus years ago, the bedside care has not, the, the design of that has not dramatically changed from what I know from when I began in healthcare uh, 30 plus years ago, where it's so heavily dependent on the hands of the caregiver. And that's a beautiful thing. I think we would all choose to have that human touch. Um, and we've added, of course, the electronic health record and the medical technology advances, all of that's great. But we have to redesign that in a way that is more affordable and more cost-effective without losing that human touch. And we need to redesign the system so that it's more about how do we help people be healthier in the first place and meeting them where they are. And so it means we have to look for how to do that in different and new creative ways, which includes payment reform, but it also includes how do we reach outside the walls of the hospital, which we've all talked about, and there are some beautiful examples of in different pockets. But how do we do that more universally and as a, an association, as we have those conversations, as it is fostered with that collective vision for what does Catholic healthcare look like and the role of the association, it should help as a bit of a, a light post, out, a beacon, if you will, that's giving us that directional view versus the specific compass. I like that. And, I, you know, something that I, I think of, too, as we talk about sort of the past and going forward. Sister Mary, you've, you've mentioned this a lot, and it's a phrase I like to use in, in meetings, is how do we read the sign of the time? So with a vision statement, today we want to read the signs of the time. We're in 2023, but this is a vision statement that will carry forward for 10, 20 years, maybe beyond. So how do you kind of balance reading the signs of the time, looking to our past and building on the, the strengths that our, our sisters did, and then kind of then applying that to looking forward down the road? 
So, you know, I, I think it's a process, right? And it's not just um, looking at the current reality. We look at the past. You know, the past is our foundation. And I think we look at patterns of evolution. Laura spoke about that, about, you know, how we delivered care. And so for us, I, I, I think we're, we're taking in, um, and really it's a discernment process, I think, Brian. I think we need to talk about that. We gather the input of the community, not just those within Catholic healthcare, but, you know, those we serve. Um, those in our communities who are users of healthcare, those who are influencers of healthcare, and we listen to them, and then we we take this all into um, a prayerful discernment process. And I think we have to recognize that we in Catholic healthcare have learned a lot through our formation processes through the years. I mean, we what twenty plus years we've been putting leaders, mid level you know folks through. Uh, formation processes that really have um, borne fruit in that people understand what it means to uh, uh, truly engage in discernment, to listen attentively, and most importantly, how to make space for the spirit to work. I mean, I think that's what discernment is about, and that's going to be critical for our you know, visioning process that we're able to do that because that really is going to begin to um, enlighten us, if you will, in terms of the future and will also give us um, the courage to act. I think that's the important thing. It's one thing to have a vision, but it's, you know, it's more important to be able to have the courage to move towards that vision. Yeah, and, and I think the word courage just keeps coming up. And, and Laura, from your perspective, um, you know, you're the board chair, but you also run a large system. Um, how do you envision the purpose of this uh, vision statement will be applied and, and maybe used by CHA members. It's a vision statement for CHA, but again, we represent our members. So as we create it, land on it, what are some of your hopes of how it might be used in uh, guiding us in the future? So from my perspective, I, I want to talk about process for just a second um, to get to your answer. Sure. Um, specifically, I view it, the answer, I'll, I'll give you the answer and then I'll explain it and then I'll say the answer again. I think the answer is that this is a collectively shared Catholic Health Ministry. We each are residing in our respective home spaces, if you will. But if we do this well, and the vision is capturing what we're all intending it to, it will help and uh, well reflect on this shared Catholic ministry that we're all leaning into heavily. And the process to get to there, to that journey, may be helpful for listeners, which is um, the board is involved and all of the board uh, input will be obtained, but we do have a visioning committee that's a subset of the board and um, other members of the association to inform the process with some uh, expertise, expert facilitation, envisioning work. We will also be collecting information from other internal stakeholders, members of Catholic Health Association and many external stakeholders to inform our work as we aspire to this new vision statement. And all of that I think will inform what I was just describing the intended output to be so that we have this uh, accessible vision statement that can be embraced about the shared Catholic ministry. And it should align with the individual Catholic health ministry's own vision, mission, values, um, because we're all part of the mosaic. And it'll be a little bit different for each of the ministries because we each show up in a little bit different way, but there's a lot of common ground. So that's what I see and how I think it will be unique, but also aligned with the collective. And that's the intent. 
I like that. Once we wrap up the conversation, I want to go back to something you said, Sister Mary, about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit um, working. So as we work on this process of, of building a vision, how do we ensure that the voice of the Holy Spirit, uh, the ministries, again, the, the, the foundation that we talked about, uh, those that we entrusted us to continue on that mission, how do we make sure that comes to the fore and is reflected in this new vision? Well, I, I, I like to believe that whenever we approach any process around decision-making, that we bring the Spirit into play. That's become really the posture of, of I've known throughout Catholic healthcare that we enter into those moments, those critical moments around, and I mentioned earlier about discernment. So I, I think it's a, it's a given that we enter uh, uh, recognizing the need to have the Spirit with us, and it, it is a prayerful process. And um, I believe that, you know, um, we'll be able to recognize the fruits of the Spirit in what unfolds. I mean, we'll know it uh, if it's of God or if it's of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that really is the discernment question. So. Brian, I can't specifically answer it because it is a process. Right. And so it's not until we get there that we'll be able to sit back and say, is, is this really, you know, of God or is this of our own making that we believe this is what we need to do? Laura, thoughts on that? Well, that brings to mind for me, having participated in a number of different discernment processes, we have at, at the tail end of it that testing the spirit and is it bringing consolation or desolation? And so... We'll know the answer to what Sister Mary has just posed. If if it's man-made or uh, I I have no doubt the Spirit is present, and we'll have the sense of peace and um, and consolate. We will be in a really good place if it feels right and it is uh, led by faith. I mean, I think in Spirit-led because that's the whole point. That's why 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 we're all here <laughs> and uh, to leave things better than we found it and to. Uh, advance the ministry for those we're serving. So we'll have the answer to that. And I think it is the right question, Great. the right test. Yeah, and the vision process will continue for the next several months. And then again, Laura, the, the goal is to have the board approve that. And, and when can our members expect to see something? So there will be a robust communication plan that is rolling out. We've got several months of work ahead of us, uh, but expect that to be done uh, later this year, probably in the summer. Um, just takes a little bit of time. But right now our schedule is that uh, we've got lots of the meetings in the process. So look for summer, fall, and then lots and lots of communication that will be ongoing. Great. Well, again, Laura, thanks for your leadership in, in getting this process going. This conversation, I think, is part of the process as well. And Sister Mary, thanks for joining us as well. This has been uh, another episode of Health Calls. And again, we've been joined by Sister Mary Haddad. She is president and CEO of CHA and by Laura Kaiser, president and CEO of SSM Health here in St. Louis and chairperson of the board of the Catholic Health Association. Thanks to both of you for this great conversation. Thank you, Brian. And I am Brian Reardon. I'm the host of Health Calls, the podcast of the Catholic Health Association of the United States. You can download and listen to Health Calls from the CHA website. That's chausa.org backslash podcast. You can also find the podcast available wherever you download podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Play. Uh, I want to thank our engineer, Brian Hartman from Clayton Studios, and Josh Matica, our producer. Again, thanks for listening.